your team, trade them out, drag it to your... This week we somehow find a precious moment in between the footy, and we use it to talk about footy, just quickly, before we hit with more footy. So listen to us talk footy, and then go watch footy. Footy! Injuries or worse, suddenly retired and hurt. Get your backs, forwards and mids, never satisfied you voice, got the shits, it's FMDT coming around for you. Hello and welcome to FMDT. I am your host, Bart, and we are covering the current Footy Freak Show. We're on day 11 of 20, and I can barely even remember what round we're up to, who's on by, which teams are out who's playing it's all getting a bit too much so to help me out is my trusty colleague steve um how are you finding it all steve it's a bit of an onslaught of footy at the moment yeah it is um i found i kind of like the the routine of having a few days off in between the rounds to actually sort of review things work out you know what you want to do and that so yeah it is a little bit full-on like every week night there's something on so not that i'm watching every game but yeah, you just can't forget to look at teams and stuff like that. So <laughs> No, unfortunately, real life sort of gets in the way a little bit. Um, if you've got a social life or anything like that, then it's uh, yeah, yeah, going to get in the way of your football. Um, but we have managed to at least find a few free hours uh, to do this podcast before it all starts up again. <laughs> Several hours, Nick, needed, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so you haven't been watching too much? Oh, I've watched a few games still. Um I don't even. Uh, what was what was on last? I mean, I watched a little bit of last night's game. That was close in the end. Yeah, um, bit of and, a bit of a heartbreak. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Bad luck with that one. Yeah. Um, I watched actually the St Kilda Suns game was really good. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I agree. But I yeah, can... the weekend had a few good games, I suppose. Or the week, I should say, it wasn't the weekend, but. <laughs> I found that there's not been too many like must-watch um, clashes, but the Saints and Gold Coast one was actually, yeah, I reckon, reckon the best one across the last couple of rounds. It was just that good back-and-forth tussle, and um, and <laughs> unfortunately, Gold Coast came up just short. I was looking that that made Saint Kilda the, the second, the currently the second team, uh, second on the ladder. It's like when the hell did that happen? It's, uh... Yeah, they've won four in a row and <laughs> yeah. um, played Geelong this week, so. Yeah, it'll be an interesting matchup, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully we get a lot of good footy out of it. Um, cool. Well, we've got um, quite a lot to cover. Um, our listeners might have noticed that we missed a couple of rounds, uh, depending on which episode you've listened to last, because we did actually record a round eight recap. It was a little later than usual, um, and the whole sort of mayhem of footy and how busy personal lives meant that time ran away from us, or... Well, me in particular and it's still on an editing room floor but um we'll be uploading that as a bonus and if you consume your fmdt in the recommended chronological order then you've probably already listened to it and uh i shouldn't be saying all of this but yeah um today we are back on track and we're recapping the last two rounds which are rounds nine and ten in this one episode uh 
we'll be running through each team's last two rounds, giving them a shout out and a shutdown. Uh, our last round, round 10, was a buy round, so we had a best 14 system going, so it was all chaos and mayhem everywhere. Um, let's crack straight into it, Steve. So we'll be running from the bottom of the ladder up, and I believe first up you've got uh, Glenn's team. That's right, Bart. Yes, I do. So uh, what we'll do is we'll, we'll say how each team did over the last two weeks, their win-loss, who they beat, if anyone, um, their total points for the two weeks and their ranking um, in terms of points, and then a shout-out shout and a shutdown. So as you said, Lock It In is the first cab off the rank. Uh, he unfortunately went... 0-2 across the two games uh, with a total points of 1961, which was 11th. Um, so probably the two losses were a fair reflection of that. Mm. Um, in terms of a shout-out, uh, Charlie Cameron has been a very handy free agent pickup uh, with 80 and 58 across the last two. Um, and overall, since Glenn picked him up three weeks ago, he's averaged 68, which is... 85 in the before times. So pretty good for a free agent. Not bad. Um, yeah, and I think there's probably a team at the other end of the ladder who's uh, really ruining dropping him um, at the, the wrong time. Mm. Um, in terms of a shutdown, uh, I mean, there's probably a few a few issues here, but I've just noticed Xavier Dersma just hasn't got going after his injury. He's only averaged 54 and a half since coming back, including a 59 and a 45 across the last two. So uh, Glenn will hope that he turns it around. And he probably will because he's um, yeah, a good young player in, in a top side. So there's hope. How about, did you have anything? Yeah, say? I guess so. He hasn't, he's only really had yeah. one good game this season. So, um, you know, one really good fantasy game. So, yeah, we'll see if um, how that goes. In terms of a, a shout-out, I did have a shout-out for him, actually, which was uh, Peter Laddams, which was also a bit of a shutdown because the week that he came up against me, he played him, um, which was maybe a foolish mistake against Max Gorn. But um, last week he had a ripper game um, against um, against the Bulldogs, against um, Tim English, and 104 points is pretty sweet, and I'm sure some ruck, uh, needy teams out there are pretty jealous of that one. Tell me he started him. He did start him. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> started him for his right, 34, man. and he's 104. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Cool. All right. Um, do you want to cover the next team then? Absolutely. So next up is uh, Aurori Bontrealis, uh, Kieran's team, who um, managed to, in round nine, take a big scalp in the Sherrins. Uh, he did it with the equal lowest winning score of the round. But then he followed that up with the second worst score of the round in round 10 um, and was not lucky enough to face the worst scorer, which means that he lost. So the sad part about his terrible score in round 10 is that he did it while fielding a full 18. Um, so things just did not go well there. He actually only had one score over 80 in his um, across his 18 players. So uh, not a great week for Kieran, but I will give him a shout out. And that is to a guy that actually only played one round for him, Luke Ryan, in round nine, getting 102 points and driving his opponent Max to madness as he had to watch him defeat his own team, um, real life and fantasy. And he really clinched the victory for him because it was the last match of the round. So yeah, big shout out there for Luke Ryan. 
Um, did, you, did you have one for him? Yeah, just Luke Ryan as well. Just um, Obviously, that game was huge, and he's just lifted his output enormously over the last four or five games compared mm. to those first month of the season. So, yeah, that's a good one. And he was missing him in round 10, so maybe that contributed to his real bad scoring, so I'm sure he'd be pretty happy yeah. to get him back. I had a, I had a bit of a... Um, Henri mentioned actually, which was that he probably got the best position change um, update out of everyone, which was for Sam Mays, who is now a backman, um, and he's averaging 65 for the season, so that's pretty sweet. It was just a little bit bittersweet because he's got the suspension uh, for this week. Indeed, yeah, good pickup though. Um, Mays has been, yeah, probably on everyone's, well, on some people's minds since he went to Port Adelaide as a potential player, but he never got a game last year. Um, and now he looks suddenly like he fits right in. Um, so hopefully he gets his spot back after the suspension. Yeah, I actually kept adding him all of last year and then dropping him, adding him, dropping him, because he kept being yeah. at a native an emergency. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was looking like that so this time. year. But now he's sort of wondering why he never got a game. Mm, indeed. Yeah. What was your shutdown for Kieran? <laughs> I was almost just going to mention the fact that he picked up Chase Jones again and somehow he made it back to his team. <laughs> um, but he did wisely keep him benched. So, yeah, that would be a bit unfair on him. Um, but his it's actually his replacement, um, which is Latham Vandermeer, who hasn't really set the world alight either. Um, he had 38 points for him last week. Uh, he had a string of 40s before that. And I'm thinking he's also a bit of a tease and one that maybe Kieran also keep fielding um, to not much gain. Yeah, uh, I, I'm actually just going to single out Hugh Greenwood. It's a little bit unfair because he's been really good this year, but he got um, just uh, 71 and 43 the last two weeks. Now, he was never going to sustain uh, what he was, what his output was, but he's only laid five tackles across the last two games, whereas he did six games in a row with at least eight tackles. So just a little bit of a drop-off for... Yeah. Greenwood there. He actually had 65 tackles in those six games um, before those last two. Uh, but and, and then round nine, he had zero. How did he not manage a single tackle after that incredible run? Yeah, that is a very strange. I, I wonder if the statisticians were extra harsh that day. I still feel <laughs> like some, some of them just record things like a little bit more leniently on what a tackle is actually defined as. Well, yeah, I mean, this is probably one of the most subjective things in the game, right? What is really a tackle? Yeah. We all know the Dustin Martin tackle. story. Yeah. 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 Um, but all right. all right, that's Kieran covered. Uh, take us away with the next one, Steve. All right, so in 10th place, we have Man Eat Barcelona, uh, who also unfortunately went 0-2 with just 1863 points uh, which was the lowest across the league um, so I guess the bright spot for Sahil was that side bottom came back from suspension really well with 101 in round 9 and 86 in round 10 did you uh, have a shout out for Sahil? Um, I didn't get a chance to look at it so no. Ah, fair enough uh, in terms of a shutdown look I mean he got a pretty he had a lot of players out last last round, so I can't really can't really criticise that so much because it's not like we knew when the when the buys were who who was going to get buys at the start of the year. So um, I actually had to look a little bit deeper, mm. and I reckon Ed Langdon has to be one of the biggest disappointments um, for Sahil um, Ooh, yeah. because he got 102 in round one, and his next best score after that is just 75. So that's seven scores in a row between 55 and 60. So at least he's consistent. 
but not really enough. <laughs> it's not the right kind of consistency, is it? No, no. Out of a tenth round pick, a centre, you know, someone who averaged close around ninety last year, mm. um, he's now sort of probably dropped that by ten points per game. You know, if you adjust for um, for short games, um, and yeah, his his in theory his average is actually well. His average is boosted by the 91 against Essendon, which didn't actually happen. So, yeah, that really kind of makes it even look worse um, than it is at first glance. So just a 52 weeks ago and a 57 against Adelaide, which which was a game that, you know, everyone everyone expected to score big in. So, mm, exactly. yeah, Langdon probably is the shutdown for sale. Um, just looking at his last five and all I'm seeing are 50s. So, yeah, you're just spot on. Very consistent. Not the right way to do it, though. Indeed. <laughs> um, so, I, I do have a shutdown for him, and it's the fact that he started Luke Dalhouse last round. I uh, don't know what he's playing at there, because um, <laughs> I even tried to help him out by pointing it out on Facebook. Um, gave him a leg up to actually get some players into his team. Um, but Dalhouse out for... Uh, too long to carry. Um, I'm not sure, four weeks maybe now. But yeah, too long for a team like Sarhills to carry. So not sure what he was doing, putting him on field. I think um, Sarhill might have been a bit of a victim of uh, prioritizing real life over fantasy, which is obviously something that some of us have to do. But, um, you know, it's all about priorities. There's plenty of sacrifices we will make, like nearly causing traffic accidents. We can be the first person at a player on the waiver wire or spending precious work time and resources on footy research, you know, ignoring our loved ones to check footy scores, things like that. It's all about priorities, guys. <laughs> Sahil made his choice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Um, so you're up next, I think. Sure thing. Uh, so next up, I get to cover your team, Steve. And I believe, uh, so Oliver's Twist, newly, freshly renamed team, um, I think, were you just a bit sick of uh, talking about your own team, so you asked me to uh, cover yours for once? Definitely, yeah. <laughs> well, you found... you picked some a... objectivity. <laughs> you picked a funny time to do it, because you actually... It's looking really positive, um, and I'm sure that's a part of your team name change, so no longer Angus's Potato Farm. Um, Oliver's Twist, uh, it's been very positive for you guys. Two wins on the trot. Uh, with the third highest score in round nine and being the top scorer of the chaos that was round 10. Um, so you really thrived on that chaos. Um, it was a particularly impressive round to top score in because everyone else was suffering. Uh, but your score uh, translated into an average of 77 across your 14 starters, um, which in the before times would be 97 points, which is super impressive. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a really good effort. And this has actually seen you draw level with, uh, six other teams, six other teams, five other teams, sorry, on four wins, five, yeah. five other teams on four wins. Uh, you're one win out from finals and suddenly does it seem that finals aren't such a distant reality? Yeah, yeah, it does seem that way. So mm. it's probably a bit of a, a mirage on the horizon now. Um, but yeah, hopefully the twist in the tail of this season is that I uh, have sort of made a made a recovery. Um, but yeah, do go on. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you haven't heard this too much. So I'm not going to shout out the guy, your namesake anymore. Um, 
because I think I gave him a shout out in our last uh, recorded episode. I'm actually going to shout out Tom Rockliffe, who has rediscovered his piggy form and has hit some insane numbers. 102 in round nine, followed by 125. That 125 is uh, 158 in the before times. Um, yeah, and he's just rekindled his... Uh, his love for the for the for the for the footy. He's been very intense in the contest. Huge tackle numbers, ten and fifteen respectively. Um, yeah, I'm sure you're very happy with that, and very happy to have got him off Nick. Yeah, I, I sure am. So I'm sh- <laughs> I'm not so sure that ten or twelve tackles a game will continue, but at least he's playing higher time on ground at the moment as well. So yeah, um, the other. One I'd like to, to shout out myself for is uh, the return of Alex Witherden, the prodigal oh, son. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 93 and 89 across the last two games. So kind of showing why I picked him in the seventh round. Uh, um, but unfortunately, he didn't get a game for seven weeks. So, um, yeah, that was uh, my little self shout out. How about a a shutdown? Kind of been all perfect. (laughs) Uh, It certainly wasn't. But no, yeah, Wither is is a great one for you to have been waiting how long for? Eight rounds for him to return for. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, My shutdown goes to a guy that would normally be my own shutdown, but now you get the pleasure. Angus Brayshaw. The old brain slushy. He got you 47 in round 9, and then in probably what is going to be his best matchup of the season against Adelaide, he got you a big 61. And I believe that's what you call his ceiling. <laughs> oh, he got 84 against Essendon, didn't he? So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It does look like his ceiling for this year with 60, 63 against West Coast, 66 against Richmond. So around that 64. Five mark is probably his ceiling. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty disappointed, and that's why he was the uh, the lead spud um, <laughs> up until this week. Um, no, fair call. My my own shutdown. I was going to just say, uh, starting Aiden Bonar in round nine. Mm. Now it didn't cost me anything, um, but he was probably the one kangaroo who didn't feast on the roadkill of Adelaide uh, with just a forty. Um, and obviously I was tempted by his previous scores of 35 and 51. <laughs> so he delivered on on target with a 40. So I promptly dropped him, and fortunately he didn't go big in round 10 because he backed it up with a 17, and I don't think anyone else <laughs> will be fooled into him all year. He wasn't playing where you wanted him to be, was he? No, he was down back, I saw him, and I don't think the Crows really had it in our forward line very much. So... Um, yeah, it was mainly the players in the Ford 50 who got good scores, kicked a few goals like Davies Uniac and Josh Marnie and other big names like that. So, yeah. Fair enough. All right. Um, we'll crack on to the next one, Steve. So, um, happy days for you. Let's see if those continue. Um, oh, sorry. It's actually me next, isn't it? So, I've got our uh, uh, lucky next in eighth place, the Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, who went down with the highest lower? Uh, sorry, the highest losing score in round nine, uh, with only three other people better than him. So you can count yourself a little bit unlucky for that one. But then he followed it up in round ten with a match that looked like it was locked in the bag for him. Um, but his opponent laughed in the face of the projections that I'd put up, uh, while his own guys, uh, Alex's own guys, let him down quite a lot. Uh, the major culprits, they're my shutdowns. 
uh, where Zach Williams and Callan Ward, um, and it cost uh, Alec, yeah, cost Alec uh, victory. So two losses on the trot, not too good for him. Um, but yeah, Callan Ward in particular is my shutdown because not even a totally bullshit free kick could save his fantasy day. Uh, <laughs> 53 points after he was waiting for a fair few weeks for him to return is not what he would have wanted. And um, yeah, just only needed just a few points more and he could have got the victory on the day. Now that, that free kick was pretty dodgy. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah but... I, I've heard that he's received some death threats over it now. So mm, probably yeah, not, not what you want to see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, if I may, I was going to give a little shutdown to Chris Main, who who got 20 in round nine and then got himself dropped for round 10. So um, the only upside for Chris Main is that he might come back against Adelaide because uh, Collingwood, again, suffered a few injuries with Isaac Quaynor in particular, probably uh, someone who, who Maine could replace. Um, yeah, on, yeah, 20 on, <laughs> in round nine. On draft, everyone wanted a piece of Chris Maine, it seemed like. Um, a big uproar about Alec picking him, and I think he's saved quite a few of us from making a terrible mistake, it looks like. Yeah, because he started the season reasonably well, didn't mm. he? And he's just sort of gone downhill. So, yeah, pretty inconsistent this year, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right. Well, a shout out for him though is uh, Cam Guffrey. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, since becoming a donut, he's scored eighty nine and ninety five. And look, time will tell if Nick was right to sell high on him. Uh, probably around finals is when it'll really become important. But something tells me that Alec is going to enjoy having him quite a lot, and he might be winning out on that trade, at least right now. Yeah, I had the same shout-out. Obviously, a good get for Alec. So, yeah, he's just in really good form. Looks full of confidence, um, That Guthrie, that is. Um, Mm. So, yeah. And uh, like you mentioned, Alec was pretty unlucky to lose both games because he actually got the fourth most points across two weeks um, with 22-34. Oh, wow. Yeah, there you go. Very unlucky. Yeah, a bit of luck catching up with him, I think, after that very uh, lucky win he had against Brett earlier in the season, which I've mentioned multiple That's times true. now. <laughs> yeah, spoons uh, and roundabouts. Speaking of, though, I believe uh, you've got him up next to cover. Yeah, that's right. So uh, the UN Security Council went 1-1 across the two games with 21-19 points. Good for eighth overall. Uh, he defeated Shane uh, Cornflakes and, yeah, um, I'll start with a shout-out because mm-hmm. it obviously was a extremely huge uh, outlier. Um, Luke McDonald got 118 in round <laughs> 10 as a free agent pickup, um, a really good waiver wire selection, uh, who I believe has averaged 86 since uh, you dropped him. So... <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been so annoying, I know. Yeah, yeah it, it's kind of come from nowhere, though, hasn't it? So. Um, um, kind of, yeah. The rest of year, but... He had a really good tagging role, which is why I um I had a tagging role, which is why I had him in my team. But then I decided that he wasn't actually going to be scoring that much from that role. But then his role seemed to have shifted again, and now he's just getting he's basically playing with sort of like loose man in defence uh, and just racking it up. Um, 118 is is insane. I think that's the best free agent pickup we've we've ever had. Well, yeah, definitely on field anyway, because mm. um. Yeah, it th- was it 35 possessions 
predictions that day. Yeah. <laughs> just ridiculous. That's insane. Um, and did you have a shout out? Or probably about the same. Uh, yeah, mine was going to be um, the same. Yeah, Luke McDonald. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the bad news, uh, Paddy Ryder just 47 and 29 across those two games. Um, and I probably see a rest on the horizon, even though mm. St Kilda are liking the Ryder Marshall combination. I'm not sure that. Um, yeah, I don't know if he just needs it needs a few days off with the game so close together. So, yeah, uh, we'll see what happens this week at selection. But Ryder really lets uh, Alec. I mean, sorry, let Brett down. Um, the last two games. The good news is yeah, that, that Brett has himself covered in case uh, he's missing any rucks. Because how many of them does he have right now? About four? Uh, four, five. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He almost picked up Mumford and then realised he has four ruckmen. So <laughs> he hasn't needed him. Right. Well, yeah, he's hoarding them. Um, there are some ruck uh, needy teams still out there. So maybe he's just trying to monopolise it. Yeah, he probably yeah. could get a trade for one of them. Maybe uh, a Jacobs or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, I don't have anything further on that one. Um, so I will move on to the Lads ah. and the Larrikins. Uh Cam's team. So, uh, well, we said that Cam could only afford to lose about two games at an absolute maximum if he wanted to make finals. Um, that's what we said a couple of weeks ago when he was making trades for quite a few injured players and we were sort of questioning what he was doing there. Well, uh, he's definitely uh, stood up and made sure of that with two victories from his last two matches. A little bit of luck always helps. And he had the equal lowest winning score in round nine, and then he faced my severely depleted team in round 10. But, you know, whatever gets you there. He might have the second worst points scored in the league, but hey, he's sitting in the finals race, one win clear in sixth. So he'd be a happy camper regardless um onto my shout outs it is taylor adams who got 111 last week which was his best score of the season and i talked about previously when i traded him to him that i was a bit worried about trelaw coming back um but it looks like the return of trelaw hasn't really affected him too much he's flying along pretty well and now trelaw has actually got a hammy so that might mean that any worries about his impact are gone anyway. Um, what do you think, Steve? Yeah, I had the the same shout-out. Um, obviously, Pendlebury is out for another game, and Trelaw's out for a few games, so Taylor Adams should keep going um, pretty big, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I did have a bit of an honourable mention, because I think he's had quite a few actually decent free agent pickups, and one of those was uh, Will Hayward, um, who, yeah, I hadn't really paid much attention to, but um, since Cam's got him, he's scored 75 and 61, and I think with, um, was it Heaney going down, that he's um, sort of adopted a bit maybe of that role, and actually, um, yeah, scoring quite decently, so very nice um, free agent pickup for him. Yeah, that is nice. On to the shutdowns, though. Uh, I... Found it a little bit difficult to pick one, but I'm going to pick on Lockie Weller, who I just think has been well down on uh, where he started the year from. And across his last five games, he's actually only averaging 57 points, which is, yeah, just basically a far cry from um, what Cam would have wanted, thinking he was a top-tier uh, defensive option for him. Um, it's It's 
a little bit coincided with the loss of Raul as well. Um, so I'm not sure if he's maybe taken on a bit of a different role and maybe not, um, yeah, getting as much of that, that crucial midfield time as he was before. Uh, what do you think there, Steve? Yeah, I had the same shutdown for, for Wellers. Oh, interesting. And 55 across the two. Yeah. yeah. Um, it didn't cost Cam the win or either week, so it was harder to pick a shutdown. But, yeah, I don't know what's going on because you'd think you'd get more midfield time. Um, like, maybe it's maybe it's something to do with Swallow or just the overall balance of the team has just changed. So, yeah, I know Cam would be hoping for better from Weller. And, mm. um, yeah, see if you change it around. Yeah, for sure. All right, take us away with the next team, Steve. All right, so Cornflakes. Um, now, Cornflakes went 1-1 across the two weeks with that very narrow win over Alec in uh, the round just completed. Hmm. He managed 21-57, which was fifth most points across the two. Um, so he would be pretty happy to have got a win, uh, given how close it was <laughs> and the number of injuries that he's carrying, which um, yes, probably one of the... The longest list. Um, I'm, I'm honestly not sure if he should be carrying a couple of them, like Buddy, you know, Buddy Franklin, maybe, and and you know, is Heaney guaranteed a lock-in keeper next year when he's out for the season from round five or whatever it was? So I don't know. I Buddy think he's sure though. I wouldn't. Keep. I think he's just pot committed. As a poker player, I sure appreciates that. <laughs> just a just way too pot committed on Buddy right now. Um, you're probably right. So my shout-out for Shane is Jacob Hopper, who uh, was fairly quiet to start the year, but mm. he has got 81 and 107 across the last two games, which is his best and third-best scores of the year. And that has coincided with Taranto coming back, which is a little bit surprising because you'd expect Hopper to get maybe um, you know, a bit less, uh, yeah. less centre-bounce attendances, but he's, going, he's been going very nicely recently. So he's found form. Um, did you have any... Shout-outs for Shane. Um, I did, but yeah, it's interesting, the one with Hopper, because sometimes, I, I feel like that sometimes does happen. Um, as soon as you get a few more of, um, you know, midfielders in the mix, um, they actually will help out rather than hinder. Um, it's like, you know, the Trelaw thing with Adams, it didn't necessarily, it wasn't necessarily a bad thing for Adams that Trelaw came back. So, um, but yeah, he would be very happy with Hopper getting back into form. Um, uh, I've actually got more of a... a Shut down, but I'll give him a, I'll give him a shout out for Zach Butters. Uh, he's persisting with him even after his 18, and he was rewarded with a 97 last week. So maybe where a lot of people would have uh, started to question whether they were going to keep him around, um, Shane persisted, and 97 was a big factor in him getting over Alec. Yeah, that is huge. Uh, I heard it was um, Butters' best game of the year, possibly one of the best of his career. Um, so. Yeah, it is an interesting one. I think there's no there's no one more inconsistent this year in terms of like range of scores Ooh. without injury, going from 18 to 114 with yeah. uh, 35s, 85s, 97s, just a whole like um, very random. Sounds like a good scores. talking point, Steve. We might have to look into that one. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty hard to, I guess, to actually work it out, but. Yeah, I think his standard deviation is very high. Mm. Um, so my shutdown for Shane is his first round draft pick, Andrew Gaff. From 100% time on ground, he managed <laughs> just 51 against Geelong in round nine. Yeah. Um, so um, that's arguably cost Shane the win because he lost that game by 52. Uh, I'm not saying Gaff should have got 100. 
pretty tough to do, but... Um, <laughs> Sounds like you are. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it, he got 126 the week before, um, <laughs> yeah, and then just, yeah, 51. So it's a, it's a ridiculously low score for a quality player in a first-round draft pick, so... Yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, we've got to be harsh on this show. So, yeah, even Andrew Gaff cops a spray every now and then. Um, my shutdown actually goes to Harley Bunnell, who um, Shane has uh, flirted with a couple of times this season, um, in and out of his team a few times. And it's just always, it just never works out well with Harley Bunnell. I mean, you know, everyone in the league should know that by now. Uh, and his latest result was 23 in his amazing matchup against Adelaide. So maybe the love affair might be finally over um, and he might just sit on the waiver wire where I think he belongs for now. Yeah, I'd say so. It's funny, his best game of the year was probably round one. He got 47 <laughs> from 50% time on ground. Sorry, um, I thought you were going to say the Essendon game. Sorry, round two. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, he's I was, got score, is yes I was preemptively laughing at the joke that you usually make. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was actually just excluding that one um, <laughs> mentally this time. So, yeah, but 50% time on ground and he managed 47. And then since then, his time on ground's been a lot higher mm. uh, and he hasn't got um, anywhere near that. So, um, yeah, a bit of a strange one, whether he's fit fit or not fit, I don't know. Um, but anyway, yeah, Shane probably won't pick him up again. Hopefully no one else does um, for their sake. So. Yeah, buyer beware, yeah. very much so. All right, I'll take us away with the next uh, team, which we're looking at Millsy's Gunston Checks In. Um, so Millsy actually made his mark in round nine with a massive score of 13.59 which was easily the top score of the round and our fifth best of the year. Uh, he got some luck in round 10 to win with the lowest winning score, but he will happily take that uh, two in a row and he's sitting safely in fourth at the moment. Um, and Steve, do you, have the, do you have the stats on how that translates across the two rounds um, in terms of his total yeah, score? Yeah, he did get the most... Yeah, the most points across the two weeks at 23.50. So, yeah, good good fortnight for Millsy. I mean, obviously that was largely due to round uh, nine rather than round 10. But even so, uh, he probably had a few players out, I'm guessing, in round 10. Uh, yeah, I, I am not sure. But uh, being a Hawks fan, I... Yeah, well, for sure he did, actually. Um, not, not major names, but yeah, still got uh, Pendlebury um, also injured. So, yeah, missing a few. Um, my shout out for him though, um, actually I was talking about between two, so we'll see if you, you pick up on my other one, but I'm going to pick up, pick on, not pick on, sorry, shout out Caleb Sarong. Um, so, uh, Shane lost patience with this guy a couple of weeks ago, uh, after scoring the twenties and then he went on to score 98 and Steve, you think after scoring 98, that might make him waiver priority number one because you don't see many scores like that. But instead, players like Tom Cutler mm. and uh, Nick Holman were chosen before Mitz, uh, Millsy got his mitts on Sarong. And I think uh, people might have been thinking that Fife's return would mean that this was just a one-off score. But then he scored 92 in round 9 to shut us all up. And it's going to be very interesting to see how it continues on from here. Yeah, it sure will. Um, was that was that the weekend that process waivers 
probably earlier than some people expected. It was indeed. So Millsy might have got a bit lucky with some people not um, putting any claims. But like I said, there were a few players that um, obviously people were putting claims for. Before him, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. So, I mean, yeah, Cutler's a centre, Holman's a a forward, and Haightley also, I think, got picked before. Uh, Maybe, not sure, because some (laughs) of them are out of order that week. But The other one was Luke McDonald, who I wasn't going to mention, because that was quite a good (laughs) pickup. That was a pretty good pickup, yeah. No, that was definitely... I didn't put any in that that day, because that was when they processed them on a Sunday, even though there was no game. It caught a lot of us unaware. So I just assumed... Yeah, I just assumed they'd do it Monday night. Anyway, um, no, good pickup from uh, Millsy there, and quite unexpected, because, yeah, I think you look at a 98... Yeah, it's a great score, but a 28th week before, you kind of go, well, mm. yeah, this guy's just really inconsistent. So, um, But very talented. Everyone seems to rave about him um, for a first-year player as well. So, yeah, nice one. Uh, the shout-out I had was Jed Anderson, who got 201 yes. points across the last two weeks. Um, well done. <laughs> which was, yeah, obviously dominated the Crows, um, but then... Yeah, solid last week as well. And he's averaging 79 for the year, yeah. which is 99. Um, and so that's fantastic for a 17th round pick that was a, you know, a genuine, you know, late round draft pick, um, not a keeper or anything like that. So really fantastic from Millsy to get such good value for Jed Anderson. Probably knows him from his Hawthorne uh, <laughs> days. Uh, so yeah. He's, yeah, lifted to another level this year. It's like you're reading exactly from my show notes there, Steve. Uh, well done. That was uh, <laughs> exactly the other guy I was going to mention. Uh, but yeah, fantastic season from him so far. My shutdown, on the other hand, goes to James Harms, um, who is just putting together an awful season. And um, it just sort of keeps getting worse. So he's averaging 54 for the season, but his last five are down to 48 um, and he's probably just on the verge of uh, being dropped with uh, scores like that. But Millsy keeps having to start him because he's had Pendles injured, Redden um, recently, and obviously with Byers and, um, you know, the whole rigmarole. Mm. He sort of has to keep putting him into his team, um, <laughs> but has to be on the verge of dropping him, right? Like, it's it seems more of a hindrance than anything at the moment. Like, could you? Could you drop him? Uh, I think you could you could bench him. I don't think you could drop him because no. there's not that many centers averaging 54 for the year. Like anyone who does gets picked up. So yeah, I think um, Millsy be looking forward to benching him for Pendlebury and Redden this uh, in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have uh, my shutdown for Millsy? Yeah. Uh, Jared Witts. He's really dropped off. I think he's actually carrying an injury um, 49 and 55 across the last two weeks. Um, his time on ground has been as, as usual, um, but I, I have a feeling there was some whispers that he was carrying something. Um, I guess GWS as yeah, well, so just 49. 45. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I reckon he, he has a little bit of a, a maybe a rib injury or something, and they're, they're considering resting him um, against Sessendon, who don't exactly have the most dominant ruck uh, lineup. Oh, Draper, Draper. yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't talk bad about my boy. (laughs) Not exactly dominant. (laughs) No, no, no. very, very raw talent. Yeah. So that was my shutdown. Um, Wits has really, yeah, just dropped off. But in the best team over the last two weeks, Millsy. 
It'll be, yeah, yeah, good on him. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they do rest wits and try and sort something out for him. Um, so Mills, he might want to think about some rock cover. But yeah, that's all I had for him as well. So do you want to take us away with the uh, third team on the ladder? Yeah, so I shot Sharon, finds himself in third place. Uh, he went 1-1 across the two weeks with 21-41 points, which was seventh overall. Um, he beat the lowly Sahil when Sahil had very few players available. <laughs> yes. Um, so, nice walkover. Uh, Max is going... Yeah, Max is going quite nicely in defence, conceding the least points of any team this year um, across the, <laughs> the whole season. The so most important stat, yeah. Nice work there. Yeah, yeah, very important stat. So probably puts him um, with his 7-3 win-loss record um, pretty handy. So, um, But taking nothing away from Max, he has got some very good players, including, uh, once again, Jack Steele, 202 across the past two weeks. Um He's really just, I mean, uh, I thought he might drop off at some point, but he's putting together one of the best seasons, um, you know, in recent years. He's yet to have a a game below 70, which, um, you know, considering that's equivalent to like 90-something, that's really fantastic um, from 10 games. So that's my shout out. Uh, did you did you have anything for him? As you, as you know, Max tried to trade him to me, um, and I declined the offer, and uh, a little bit of regret over that. So, yeah, <laughs> hope he kind of doesn't keep it up. Um, <laughs> uh, now nah, uh, let's have a look here. Uh, J- Josh Dacos was really good last week, so maybe maybe I'll give him a shout out for um, yeah uh, after a few. Not two great weeks. Um, Max would be very happy there. Uh, he'd get a 99 in a very nice game against the, the Swans. Yeah, a match-winning performance um, with his goal yeah. on the boundary line. Um, but he, he also managed 25 touches that week. So, yeah, that's a um, brilliant game. Um, shutdown. Oh, I don't know what's happening here, but mm-hmm. Max drafted Tim Membry... And just won't won't give up on him. Um, so he drafted him in the 20, 20, uh, first round. So not exactly early, but yeah, he's just got thirty seven and fifty two over the last two weeks. Um, he got a twenty two against Adelaide. He his his highest score of the year is eighty five, which is obviously very good. Way back in round four. So yeah, I think Max is just really persistent with him. Um, but that's my my shutdown. He did, has not performed the last uh, month or so. Mm. Well, he was actually part of the package deal that he tried to give me with Steel, so that was a little bit off-putting, um, to be honest. Uh, yeah, not a very good season for him so far at all. Um, my, it's a bit of a surprise, considering yeah. St Kilda is second on the ladder, actually. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you'd think he'd be um, having to kick a few bags of goals, but, you know... Um, just guess, guess. Uh, what he hasn't picked, picked a single goal last last two. Or... Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, my yeah. shut my what shutdown. Uh, don't 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 have uh, one in particular. But I was just going to uh, mention James Aish, who missed the last two rounds uh, because he got injured. So just a bit of a letdown there for Max. Um, but I believe he should be back, so it's not a major thing. But just something to take note of. Yeah, 
Uh, can't afford an injury. You get, you get the shutdown. Um, no, that's... Um, yeah, I think, was he concussed in one game, I think? So, just for everyone listening, if you get concussed, you're going to get a shutdown from guards. <laughs> yeah, ruthless. Very, very ruthless. Uh, <laughs> uh, probably just says a bit about Max's team. A bit hard to find a shutdown. Uh, all right. Uh, a- anything else on that one, Steve? Um, no, that's it. All right. Well, then, sitting second on the ladder, we've got McLean, my pap smears, uh, coached by Nick. And Loves I, the name. I got, I'm very happy that he's kept the name because it's beyond the expiry date, so clearly he loves it. Um, the only problem is, Steve, he's got no McLean anymore. So he might have to rethink it. Might just have to go to the pap smears or maybe come to me for some more inspiration. I can come up with an even, even better one if he wants. <laughs> I know he's thinking about changing, so ah, see what he comes up with. All right. Well, I'm glad he's kept it for a little while at least. It's provided me a lot of entertainment. Um, McLean, my pap smears, uh, had a bit of a rough round nine. So Nick copped a loss to a guy that was meant to be selling out his season, um, but unfortunately uh, didn't quite go that way. And Nick actually posted his worst score for the season with 11-18. Um, and then round 10 saw Lady Luck smile upon him as his opponent was a relative no-show. Um, so although Nick's score wasn't the best, he still managed to get a win over Kieran in that one and kept himself in second spot. Um, and now, without having done the math, I'm guessing that he's pretty low down in terms of uh, the scores across the last two rounds. Yeah, ninth overall. So he's, he's done quite well to get a win. Yeah, definitely. Good bit of luck there, but, you know, uh, always, always helps. Uh, so my shout-out for him is to Brendan Ellis, his round 12 pick, and I just think he's quietly having a really fantastic season. Um, 76 average for the season, uh, which is 95 in the before times, uh, which would basically be his best season uh, yet. And he got a 96 in round 10 to top it off. Um, yeah, it even, you know, with, without Rao, he's stepped up a bit, but even with him in, he was still scoring quite well. And, yeah, I think he's just really gelled in that Gold Coast side now. So, yeah, top effort. Yeah, I had the exact same shout-out to me, so <laughs> word funny. for word, basically. <laughs> oh, that's funny. There you go. We think way too alike. Um, all right, well, I'll get straight into the shutdown then. And I this was another one that was hard to do. Um, so I actually... I kind of was just shutting down his tr- latest trades, um, and I was going to question whether he might be trading himself out of a championship, Steve, because things haven't Oof. gone in his favour. Hmm, I know. Um, Rockliffe is, has been beating Zorka across the last two weeks. Guffrey has left a hole in his midfield, um, so he's actually now having to start a forward in his, in his midfield, um, and he doesn't have anyone to come in for that spot. So, yeah, it's a little bit worrying um, at the moment. What do you think? Yeah, I did think it was uh, a bit strange that he traded, um, like he, he he lost a centre in, in essence to get in CFs. Um, so, yeah, centre forward players. No, I did think that was a little bit odd. Um, I assumed he must have been stacked. A startable centre. I assumed he must have been yeah. stacked with mids, but, but it's now, not. Now he's no. like, he's, yeah, he's looking at Rory Atkins in there, and um, yeah, he's obviously carrying Matthew Rowell. So, yeah, I, I don't think he 
should have made that trade. Um, but, you know, Tom Phillips did, did lift on the weekend with 70, so he may get some value out of it. Um, my shutdown was actually Patrick Dangerfield. Um, I've talked him up before because he had a really good few weeks, but last two games, really just the last one game, 61 against <laughs> North, um, 78 the week before, but 58 the week before that. So I think maybe he's just playing a lot more time up forward um, to get him through these these packed schedules um, oh. of games. So not enough to get forward status, I, I don't think. Uh, I don't think ultimate footy would be that generous and that kind. Um, <laughs> but I think he's... He's um hasn't yeah he's only kicked one goal from the last three games but I do think he's spent more time up forward um, until the last quarter of the last game uh, went into the midfield and doubled his score pretty much mm. so yeah Nick will be looking forward to things resuming to a normal schedule just so um, Dangerfield will go back into the middle. Yeah, it's an interesting point. I haven't watched his last two games. I did watch the one with Frio, uh, against Frio, and um, he, he definitely wasn't as involved as normal. And we said that might just be because it wasn't a big game, but then um, West Coast sort of mm. was. And um, uh, yeah, he, he did do better. He did do a little bit better. Um, so he's got St. Kilda, Port Adelaide, and Adelaide coming up. Um, two of those are big games, and then he's got, you know, the old classic revenge match against Adelaide. Yeah, he's old. Yeah, he's old top <laughs> side. So I think. I think he'll be good over the next three games. I have a feeling. Yeah, I'd, overall, I would I would bank on that. And if he's not, then I'd start to get really worried. Yeah, because that's leading into finals by then. So, yeah. Yeah. All right, Steve. Well, we've saved the very best for last. Uh, tell me all about my team. Yeah. All right. So, seven-year Titch has gone one-one over the last two weeks, but is sitting on um, outright top of the ladder, a game clear. Um, it's good for, good enough for third overall in the last two games, despite dropping one. Um, he only beat the lowly Glenn, and uh, like, as you mentioned, he had a lot of outs um, against Cam, so dropped one there. But um, overall, you're going pretty nicely. Um, so Bailey Williams is the shout-out. He's really turned things around. Um, I, I wasn't sure about him at all, um, but he has averaged 75 over the last three rounds compared to 55 over the first seven rounds. So a huge 20-point-per-game increase. Um, and obviously that's just one nice piece in, in that team. Um, Jordan Ridley's been... Um, fantastic throughout the year. Looks like a, a lock for a, a keeper. I'm suspecting 18th round keeper. <laughs> yes, um, very much so. Yeah. So yeah, he's been brilliant. Um, so consistent in a in a good way. So that's um, yeah, really good, really nice. Uh, I think you've made some good free agent pickups like Sam Simpson and Braden Sire. You got got quickly onto even when. Bucks was uh, pretty lukewarm about him coming in, and then <laughs> yep. named him anyway. Um, yeah, you you know Ben Keys obviously been pretty consistent um, the last month or so. Um, so yeah, overall looking pretty good still. <laughs> oh, um, stop it, Steve! You're making me blush. <laughs> uh, you're obviously hoping Will Brody comes back in, or maybe you're just hoping to keep him till next year when he <laughs> plays for Essendon. Uh, so the rumor mill says. Um, so, um, yeah, 
You've just wait. You're just waiting on uh, maybe Quinton Narkle to come back from injury, and Brandon Puff fit just had a rest last game, so he'll probably be back this week to strengthen your side even more. So, amongst all of this good news, um, I must find a shutdown, um, and I'm going to go with your first round draft pick. Oh, um, Jack Crisp. Yeah, it's not that he's been terrible, um, mm. but he has only hit. Hit one before times ton, so 180, mm. and that was back in round two. He's come close a few times, but compared to 12 tons last year, uh, you know, you, you would have expected more from your first round pick. Um, the fact that, you know, Ridley's outscoring him, <laughs> you know, says a lot about Ridley, which is great, but yeah, Chris just hasn't really been that good. Um, so I'm not sure what's going on. I've seen him up in the middle at times, um, but he just hasn't been racking it up. But he did hit seven tons in the second half of last year, so there's still hope that he'll finish strongly. He um, played quite a bit of midfield. Um, he played quite a bit of midfield when uh, recently, since Pendles has been gone. Uh, but then just last yeah. week they threw him. Hasn't scored that well. They threw him back. Well, he started scoring in the 70s. That's where his string of 70s comes from. Yeah, true. Um, true, true. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, he got pushed back into uh, backs last week. But now with Trelaw out, maybe I'm you know crossing my fingers that he gets um, a bit more of that midfield time again. But yes, thank you, man. It's uh, it's actually really nice to hear uh, someone else talk about your team. Uh, maybe we should do this more often. It's uh, <laughs> quite quite pleasant actually. Um, I didn't have too much to add. Where are you going? Well, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have too much to add. I think he pretty much covered it all. Um, uh, maybe. Yeah, no, no, I think that's it. Uh, Stephen Keneally was pretty my shout-out, actually. Uh, you didn't mention him, but yeah, he's been, um, since I got him in, he's been going pretty well, 90 and 95 last two weeks. Yeah, true. He's actually lifted his uh, rating. So that is nice, because I forgot that you um, only acquired him sort of five weeks ago, and he's been pretty good since then. So, yeah, nice. Yeah, cheers. Um, all right. Well, that is a wrap of the last two rounds, um, and I think we've done that reasonably succinctly for for two rounds worth. Uh, so not a bad effort. I've yes. got I've got just a little bit to cover in terms of free agents. Uh, so I skipped this in round eight, and I'm just going to quickly go through what our studs and our duds were um, across the last three rounds, and we'll get onto our previews. So in round eight, Steve, we had um, I'm just going to mention the average across all the free agents that were picked up and started. That was 49 for that round. We only had nine guys go over 60, which is a little bit lower than usual. Um, obviously, waiver wire starting to get a little bit more depleted. The stud out of all of those, if you can cast your mind back to that round, was Paul Seedsman, uh, who you might remember was dropped by Shane. Glenn pounced on it and has kept starting him ever since and been very happy with it. So 104 was actually, uh, at the time, I think the best free agent starting free agent score but that was surpassed. Uh, the dud for that week was uh, LDU with 26 points for Max starting in his uh, centres. Not a very good one. Round nine had our average rise up to 52 with uh, this time 10 guys going over 60. The stud we've mentioned and gushed all over him already. Luke McDonald, 118. Um which is 147 in the before times. And Steve, I do think that is the best free agent that's ever been started if we used 147 before times. Yeah, um, <laughs> I suspect so. Yeah. 
So yeah, there you go, Brett. You get to um, have that. Uh, have that. Yeah. Uh, as the dud for the week, though, was uh, Fogarty, who uh, for Geelong, who had had a pretty good week uh, beforehand. Uh, Shane pounced straight on him. Quick draw, Shane, right onto him, because it was that week where the fixtures went a little bit early. He got in on him, but got no reward for his vigilance with 27 points. Round 10, then, uh, saw our average dip quite a bit. So this was uh, an average of 45 across all the free agents, which is the lowest so far. So absolute trash in round 10. And it's kind of no surprise, because teams were starting a lot of debutantes and things. And I just had quite a few pickups that I quite liked during this week, Steve. Um, ones like Trey Rusko, uh, Samuel Wicks, uh, Lachlan Scholl, and Sam Skinner. Um, like, you know, not being too detrimental to these guys, but I just don't think this is... This is... <laughs> not a single one of them would have been someone that people would have thought about um, at, too much this season at all. I think you just saw them on the team sheets. And Desperate like, times. That's it. That's it. Give them a crack. Um, all of them went terribly, by the way. So definitely not worth it. Um, our stud for the week, though, getting an old-fashioned ton, exactly 80 points, was Jackson Thurlow for Max, um, who is a backman, I believe, um, which was a very, very nice addition for Max. So uh, moving forward, it'll be interesting to track uh, whether he uh, continues plodding along like that. But our dud... Well, uh, Nick actually picked up the worst uh, player for the week, which was Ben Long, who got him a big nine points. But Nick wisely kept him benched. So the worst started player was for you, Steve. Harry Taylor, 22 points. Didn't count in your your actual score for the round. Um, So maybe a little bit harsher than some of the other duds. But yeah, uh, the worst one on the field. Yeah, I thought it was going to be HT. Um, mm. Just to explain, obviously, that decision was yes. simply that he, uh, you know, he had been going on pretty well, really, 57 and 76 the previous two games, and I thought they should chip it around a bit against North Melbourne, not the not the best team in the league. So, yeah, I thought that a 40 or a 50 would be, would be quite, um, you know, fairly fairly safe and then he could get a 70 or something but no it was not to be I actually had a coin flip really between him and Jake Carlisle a similar sort of player Carlisle got 80 (laughs) just to just to rub it in um (laughs) they're both averaging around 50 53 for the year or something so yeah no it wasn't my finest moment in uh hindsight but at least it didn't count (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, I don't think I've mentioned your name too much on the Dodds, actually, so yeah, um, doesn't happen too often. Um, All right, Steve, why don't you take us away with the preview for our upcoming Round 11? Yeah, so we have a pretty interesting round. Uh, There was probably at least three matchups where I thought, oh, this could be matchup of the week, but I had to settle on the big third versus second Two teams on 7-3, of course, talking about I shot the Sharon versus um, McLean, my pat smears. <laughs> yes. um, this will probably decide who gets the bye in week one, mm. um, given they're both on 7-3. The, um, yeah, obviously, 
the benefit of coming second is you get a week off. So this is huge. Um, now, just to run through what's the, the ins and outs, Max only has the uh, aforementioned Jackson Thurlow on by um, out of a whole squad of 26. Oh, how lucky is that? More giant, which is quite fortunate for him, <laughs> um, especially because Nick is missing arguably his best player, or not even really arguing. Um, Jake Lloyd is out, obviously, on by, as well as Tom Papley, who's been pretty handy up forward. Um, and Nick also lost Cameron Rayner to injury, who had done all right for yeah. the last few weeks, yeah, a bit more midfield time. Um, having said all that, Max is still missing a few players um, outside of the bye, which includes Lockie Hunter and Michael Walters. Um, so two two big names. Um, and Justin Westhoff has been dropped again. So, look, I think this one can definitely be won by Nick, but I have done a little bit of maths, and I found that if you combine the averages of the best 16 players that Max has available, you get um, a very solid 11-11 versus Nick's 10-57 from his best 16 combined average. So, that would suggest Max should win this by about 50 points, and I am going to tip Max as a result. Uh, what do you reckon? Well, it's hard to argue with you doing so much research into these matchups where I have done zero, um, possibly a factor in you mm. leading our tipping uh, by quite a lot. Um, uh, yeah, if, if, if Max really isn't missing that many guys, then it is kind of hard to go against him. So yeah, I, I will go for Max on this one as well. Oh, I mean, like, you're right. He's not missing any on by, really. But mm. it is Hunter's, Hunter, Walters, and, and uh, Westhoff versus Lloyd, Batley, Rayner. So, you know, those three names are probably, you know, about equivalent. Um, just, so, just looking at yeah, Nick's team, really he, can go either way. he is, uh, I think, punting on a couple of guys being named this week. Uh, Jared Brander and uh, Zach Fisher, um, who we haven't played in ages. Um, so we'll see how those go. Uh, he might need to scale the waiver wire if not. Uh, um, yeah. And also, he's not yeah, confident on yeah, Patrick Lipinski well. just having him as his uh, emergency option. So, loving that trade, I'm sure. <laughs> I suppose you might as well with rolling lockout, though. Yes. There's no, there's no risk involved. No, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, you're tipping Tipping Max. Tipping Max. Well yeah. I've talked about that. All right. <laughs> cool. Uh, just to quickly run through the rest from the top down, I'll give you a little bit of justification because I know you haven't done any research, so I'll help you out here. <laughs> um, so we have first place seven-year Titch versus Sahil's 10th uh, place man-eat Barcelona. Uh, yes. Now, I am going to tip Sahil here because Bart is missing... What are you talking Max about? Max Gorn, Jack <laughs> Viney... Max Gorn, Jack Viney, Stephen Caniglio, Harry Perriman, Harry Cunningham and needs at least one of Narkle and Parfit to come back, as well as Stephen Hill for Freo. Wait, what so are you talking all about? Those outs... Melbourne's not on by. Ah, but have you not heard the news? Gorn and Viney have been ruled out for this week. What? Where did this come yes, out? injury. Oh, are you kidding me? Uh, when? When did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking Just about? 
Just this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, like it's literally just breaking news. Fuck breaking off. news. Fuck off. Uh, I just thought I want to break it to you in this way. Oh my god. So <laughs> yeah, you, nah. you, right, right, yeah, right. So you, that, you told me to do a podcast on Saturday Arvo, and let's not look at the news because I'm gonna be focusing on the last like three weeks of bullshit. Well, secretly, what the hell? Are you serious? All right, I would. Yeah, all right. Yeah, it... let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Sahil's just just missing, now. It just um, came out now. Illustrious. Yeah, it's literally just come out now. Yeah. Okay. So I've just worked that into my content for the for the pod. Um, I was tipping you before I saw that Gorn and Viney were out, and that changed my tip. So Sahil actually is still carrying Brad Ebert, Luke Dalhouse, Hayden Crozier, and has Dane Ramp and Caldwell on by. So not too not too bigger names. So I really think you can still win this. Um, honestly, you probably. Yeah, fuck. Probably still should win this, but this is two huge outs. Gorn and Viney on top of Coniglio and Perryman and Cunningham. That's five, um, five good players. You just wait until um, plus, the... you know, Narkle. Oh fuck! I just picked up Bruce uh, just before uh, Tom Lynch uh, got locked in there. Thanks for waiting. Uh, just uh, before Lynch. the, uh, I, I, I had a Tom Lynch, Richmond's Tom Lynch in my team. So thanks for uh, making this uh, go just until the uh, game started. <laughs> uh, almost locking him oh, into my right. team. So you were able to drop Tom Lynch. Yeah. Yeah. Did, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Literally just that dropped him. That is very handy. At four thirty-five p.m. <laughs> that you've made that change. The minute the game started. Oh wow! So I've done you a favour in the end. Well, maybe um, I don't even know. That is just breaking news. <laughs> Yeah, good. Yeah. I'm surprised no one else jumped on that. Good, good, good. Okay. Yeah, all Bruce right. is kind of handy, actually. It's a rock forward. Well, you've, um, you've really thrown right. a spanner in for 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 everything now. Um, I can't, you know, get that out of my mind. But all right, I'm still tipping myself. I think uh, even without uh, my arguably some of my best players, um, I can take down Sahil, who probably won't actually uh, field a full team. I'm sure he'll be too busy um, to to pay attention to who's out. Yeah, I'm actually going to change my tip to you um, <laughs> because you've got proof. That's convinced me. And I just remembered that Sahil is the unlucky owner of Adam Trelaw as well, so he's just lost his best player probably. Uh, yes. Um, yes. Well, definitely. Um, <laughs> oh, so, man. All right. Thanks yeah, for... I will tip you despite all that. <laughs> Thanks for putting me through a spin Both there. But um hope our listeners <laughs> enjoy that. That was a good bit of dropping of the news. Um, <laughs> let's move on to the next matchup, Steve. Yeah, all right, yeah. Um, so, Millsy versus Cam. Um, so, Millsy has Shaw and Taranto on by. Pendlebury's still injured. Um, but I'm going to still tip Millsy, not very confidently, but Cam <laughs> has, uh, has first ruck Sinclair on by, so he has to start Bolter and is carrying Cochin, who's who's been rested this week, as well as Cunnington and Ablett. So I'm going to tip Millsy here. Um, I'm going to go against you. I reckon, yeah, I reckon I'm going to go with um, Cam. Just um, just a couple of those Millsies, Millsies outs. Um, I reckon convinced Pretty good enough. outs, yeah. Yeah, he's missing two, two good midfielders there. So fair enough. Um, Glenn versus Shane. Now, this is also interesting. Um, it'll be a very low-scoring matchup in my prediction. Um, opinion because Glenn has Whitfield on by his best player and he's also still carrying um, Brad Crouch, Degoe, Zebel and Shane Edwards. Shane on the other hand is carrying Josh Kennedy, Isaac Heaney, Buddy Franklin, Basha Hurley and has Jeremy Cameron, Nick Haynes, Jacob Hopper and Dylan Stevens on by. So I am tipping Glenn. 
Shane doesn't even have a full team. So that is quite worrying. Um, tipping the bottom of the ladder guy, though. Big call. Um, yeah, these are two rivals. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see how this one goes down. That list of injuries for Shane is just monstrous. Um, <laughs> but Glenn's team just hasn't been that good. Um, I'll tip Shane. Yep, nice. Glad we have some differences here. Uh, all right, me versus Alec. Now, to give you the brief, uh, I've got just one player on by, um, Jordan Dawson, and I'm still carrying the injuries of Sloan and Ryan Burton and a cloud over Jeremy McGovern, uh, whereas Alec has Callum Mills, Callan Ward, Zach Williams, and the injured Toby Green on by and is also carrying the injured Seb Ross. So I am actually going to back myself here. I think I can get this one. Um, form. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, um, oh, yeah, I, God, I don't know. Yeah, it's, he's got a few outs, doesn't he, Alec? Um, Toby Green is, is, is quite a big one. Uh, I'm still going to go for him though. I think, um, I think it's a bit yeah. of a mirage from you. Ah, okay. Um, I will remember that. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> he's been scoring well, though, Actually, Alec. I've written it down. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, he has been. No, he has been. I agree. So obviously missing Zach Williams, Callum Mills, and Callum Ward won't harm him too much. All right, um, Kieran versus Brett. A uh, bit of a, a bit of a rivalry here, I'm sure. Um, so Brett is missing Luke Park and Josh Kelly, two of his best players. Um, but Kieran has just lost Sam Mays to suspension and has. He's a handy sort of lower-end starters like Ollie Florent, James Rowbottom, and Aiden Kaur on bye. So I'm going to tip Brett. What about Brody Smith? Is he going to play? Uh, he is expected to play, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, that might tip it just in... Oh, no, I'm, I don't think I can be that much of a contrarian, actually. I think that Brett might have this one as well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that might sway me is if Paddy Ryder does get rested and with Sam Jacobs and Himmelberg both on by, I actually think, uh, oh, so he can pick a forward. He just needs to bring in bring in a forward line player. Yeah, I think I think Brett will get the job done there. <laughs> and, um, and Kieran's and starting Kieran Chase Jones again. Chase Jones. <laughs> yes. So I think that determines... We know what that up. means. Yeah, he can't win. Yeah. Chase Jones on the field, it's a loss. <laughs> Has he ever won with Chase Jones on the field? No, I, no, Maybe I, once. No, I don't. Anyway. Think, I don't think he has. I think that was the yeah. big point. Yeah. <laughs> we should check that. Yeah. Got four wins, so yeah. Oh dear. All right, this is going to be an interesting round. Like a few that we disagree on, and a few that could go either way. So that will be exciting. Yeah. Um, cumulatively, you did well in our last round that we tipped, which is round nine. You got five to my three. Um, so it was very good, um, and I um, actually, yeah, all right, that is correct. And we did not tip round ten matches, so that's a yeah, I did not tip for both of us there. Right, yeah. Does that mean we we get the uh, hmm. away team as default? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't looked at that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but anyway, that cumulatively brings us to twenty nine versus twenty six. Ah, oh, okay, so cool, yeah. So pretty close now. Not out of it at all. 
Cool. All right. Two on me. Yeah. Definitely make up some ground. Um, cool. Yeah. Well, it's another it's another chaotic round, and like we said, the uh, next uh, round has already started as we've been uh, recording this podcast. So straight into it, and uh, we'll sure we'll find ourselves in the uh, recording studio again pretty soon to provide you with an update. But uh, yeah, best of luck, everyone. Uh, hope uh, no one's yelling out FMDT too much this week, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Enjoy the festival of footy. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, fuck. What? FMDT. Oh. Connor Rosie, late withdrawal, minutes before the game started. Fuck. <laughs> oh, no. That's uh... so annoying. That came out after the Gorn news while I was doing the, those previews. That's so annoying.